Welcome to Overtime on Inferno, your weekly roundup of all the big stories in CSGO in less time than it takes for the CIS era to be over. I'm Logan. I'm here with AZ-esque. Let's get into it. Valve did a thing this week, which I, I, I guess is, I guess we're setting a really low bar here for like Valve doing a thing to be like the lead story for the week. But like Valve did a big thing. So they removed Train from active duty and put Ancient into active duty. So what was your like gut reaction to this? Were you, were, were you asleep when you heard, like, were you still up when you heard or did you hear in the morning after? So I was awake and my immediate reaction was why train? I actually quite liked ancient when I played it. I think it's kind of fun. Um, it's quite different. Um, like I found the one bomb site quite interesting. Um, but I also find Train really interesting. Train was always one of my favorite maps to play. And I actually enjoy watching it. I know a lot of people have a problem with watching Train. If they rework the B-bomb side to be a little bit less linear, then I think Train could be a really cool and interesting map. But I don't trust that they will because Cobblestone could have been interesting if they reworked the B site and they reworked the A site instead. So... I don't know. I I don't think Train should have been the one removed, but I I do quite like Ancient, and I'm glad they are adding new maps. So I guess that's my take on it. Is nice idea for me the wrong execution? I I love Train, but I can see why they've done it. Yeah. So I I think stats came from Leadify or something like that. That was like Train was the least played map in matchmaking, and that in Face it, it was like the second least played map behind vertigo or something like that and then pro games it was the least played map like it was it was basically the least played map across all statistics and i'm not saying that that's a reason to get rid of a map but like there, there is at least some sort of reasoning it's not like they were just like yeah no fucking i'm gonna i'm gonna remove whatever map i feel like it like you just go like fucking i'm removing overpass just the most middle of the road map in terms of like plays um so I feel like it's it, it at least makes some sort of sense in that aspect. I'm upset about Train being gone too. I love Train. I, I always performed well on Train, like as a player. Um, but you also don't ever get Train, at least in North America. It's like the, the issue with queuing really is a thing. Um, I find that really I odd though. Train. I don't understand why Train is queued less than other maps. I really don't. It's, 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 for me, it's, it's hard the learn. most fun map to play. I agree, but it's really difficult to learn the first time. I don't think it's that hard. Like, I don't think I don't it's... think it's that hard either. But anytime you have a map that has the same color with just a color in front of it, like red red train, green train, blue train, right? Anytime you have that kind of stuff, it's kind of difficult to learn the call out. Like a lot of people don't know what Ivy is or back six, right? Like it, that's not yeah, an I, easy to figure out. You could just that. like you could just figure out. Oh, that's Ivy. Oh, that's Pop Dog Ladder, whatever you call it. Up down, yeah, you get but, you heard it called sometimes in EU. Uh, you know that's no that to me that's no harder than learning like call outs on Mirage. Oh, that's Bench. Oh, that's you know Triple. Yeah. I mean, people still get call outs wrong on Mirage. People still call like Triple Box default, and then Default Box Triple. And so like, no, it's the one with three boxes is Triple. <laughs> and then they people call ninja like they call firebox ninja and they call triple mm. firebox it's called no. firebox because you molly it all the time like literally anyway that's how you remember it <laughs> nothing else yeah and ninja is the bit behind firebox in that little firebox. corner that you can hide people still Which, get that wrong so yeah people get call outs wrong on every map i don't think trains unique in that sense i think the other thing was train train was one of those maps that just like it's been around forever. It hasn't actually really been around that long, but like the, the old version between the old version and the new version, it's been around for a really long time. And I think it's kind of nice to see a completely new map as opposed to like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. It's I, so I'm, I'm kind of aboard. It's, it's been like a day or so, right. Thinking about this. Right. And I'm kind of aboard the plus ancient train, right? Like not train, like, aboard the people that I got enjoyed you. ancient yeah okay instead of like other maps because i know like day of right like it was like 4 p.m when i heard here so i i was up for like 
another, I don't know, 10 hours or something like that past that. So I got to see everyone's reactions as they were going. And then I got to see your reactions as people woke up the next morning. So for me, it was like a lot of people were upset that they didn't add Anubis or that they didn't add cashback or like other maps. And I was like, I, I don't see an issue with this. And I would have liked to have seen like a triple map swap, like immediately after the major finishes, like put in cash, put in Tuscan if it's done. Yeah. And then put in ancient and take out like three, like do a proper like wholesale change. That would be really fun. But like I say, immediately after the major, when there's a player break or something, like give people time to learn these maps, but do like a big change. Like, that would be fun. I don't know. I mean, I think that'd be interesting. I can't say that that still won't happen. <laughs> like Tuscan's no, still under development, so like that's the reason Tuscan wasn't added. Cash, I, I don't know. The new cash plays exactly like the old cash, and I don't know. It's just like. You're putting something new in that's not really new again. Like it plays exactly this. That's not. A <clears throat> I love the old cash, but we had it in the map pool for a really long time, and nothing's changed on it, right? Like they've added the new box on the A site. They added. You mean the like when they re-added the... Dust Two, and it's exactly the same? Yeah, I'm not a Dust Two fan, so I cannot oh, speak exactly. for Dust Two. <laughs> There's precedent for this. That they, you know they took Dust Two out, added it back, and it was exactly the same. Yeah, and pe- people are like, "Nah, Anubis is a terrible map. It's going to take them really long to get into." stuff yeah remember vertigo when it first came in like uh, go think about original vertigo versus vertigo now it's a totally different thing right like there's it's so different at this point and valve's just gonna do that and i think that the whole reason why they just did it now i was listening to hltv confirmed yesterday and i heard uh, sponge say this and i was like that makes sense it's like the play rate was half of a percent of all maps played was ancient so they've got like zero data on anything to do with the map and basically they're going to have to force feed it to us to get data to make the map better like you could have put anubis in and it would have had the same fucking problems you could have put yep. like whatever map you wanted in right you have zero play time on it roughly you're you need data to make it better it's it's not going to just become better overnight right it's not going to be a perfect map in one day right like overpass when it first came out was an absolute clusterfuck <laughs> Right, and they took what, like a year to fully redo that map until it's what it is today. I mean, you go back and play the original overpass. I, I did the, I did a couple weeks ago, and it was absolute clusterfuck. There's things everywhere where there shouldn't be, right? And overpass is now definitively. I don't think there's any argument that overpass is the best map in Counter Strike. I love overpass. I don't think I there's any like so much. The only person I've seen who disagrees with this is Freya. I don't know if you saw her map tier list on Twitter. I did see was, her map tier it was, list. It was actually it. offensive to my eyes. <laughs> I hated it. Um, I, I, I don't think there can be any argument that Overpass is not is like not the best map in the game because it allows for loads of different play styles. Pretty much every good team plays it and plays mm. it well, but there's never like it's never solved. When Astralis used to play Inferno, it felt like the map was solved. Like it didn't feel like you could do anything about it. I mean, mm. maybe people have found out how to do things better against it now and it's not solved as such but it it felt like it was pretty cut and dry this is how you play inferno i don't think there's there is a way that you play overpass i think it is really dependent on your style as a team and your style of players which i think is the mark of a great map i always thought cash was a really good map because as a ct like you to be a good ct side on cash you had to be really proactive which Okay, it does force you into a certain style of play that maybe suits different styles of player than you know, maybe there are some styles that don't really work. But I quite liked that it was pretty much the only map where the T's were favored unless the CTs were aggressive, and I quite liked that. But yeah, I mean, I, I you can argue maybe Dust Two is similar, but it's really hard to be aggressive as a CT on Dust Two. That's one of the reasons I, mean, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say the same thing is currently applying to ancient and then i got my sides flipped so i'm just wrong i mean i i assume that i haven't played enough of ancient to to make a um the timings are super ct sided right now okay like really ct sided right now it's gonna change it's gonna become much more t sided but it's not gonna i don't think it'll be the same level that cash was towards the like you need to be proactive as a ct um more stuff on the on ancient. It's not going to get used in the RMRs that are coming up. So Flashpoint and CS Summit, I believe, are safe. Um, but it will get used pre-major. So that this will be at the major in in November. Um, I think they said IEM Summer. 
is the next date. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if they actually said that officially or if they if that's just when the guesstimates are because it's the next event that's not really in an RMR kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of on the fact that they didn't remove dust or mirage and like that. <laughs> I, I don't mind mirage. I know everyone hates mirage, but it's mirage. There's no fundamental flaw with mirage that isn't people are bored of it. I don't think. Whereas dust two to me is fundamentally flawed as a map. I think dust two is a really good map on the sole thing of it's aim duels every single corner, which means that it is a pug map. It's a map that you and your friends can lo- can like load into and have absolutely zero team chemistry on absolutely zero strats and know absolutely nothing. And you can still have a fun time, right? Like if you logged into nuke, you'd be, it would be terrible, right? Like nuke is such a technical map and like it's, it would be absolutely terrible to just run a five stack on there. Right. There's, there are maps that are for that. Like cash was one of the maps that are for like just logging in with five people and just fucking go. Um, and I feel like Dust 2 is one of those. I feel like Mirage has somewhat become one of those, but less so than Dust 2. My biggest problem with Dust 2 is that both sites are completely unretakable. That's also my main problem with Inferno, is that you just don't... like You, you can't you don't, play retakes. You, you really shouldn't win. Like, obviously, most situations you shouldn't win like 3v3 retakes anyway. But on Mirage A site, it's... You can win those retakes. B site yeah. maybe not so much. In a train A site, you can win retakes. Even B site to some extent. I think B site's a lot harder to retake. B site's um, really difficult to retake if they're if they're pushed up. Eh, even then, I mean, I mean train it's, is it's a more difficult site to retake. Train is easy. Like, it has to be easier to retake because it's, I mean the map's very CT sided, right? Overpass A, you see retakes semi regularly. B site. I mean, you do see it, but it's pretty different. Yeah. And how many times does somebody take a site on Inferno or Dust 2 and it's just like four players Inferno, saving them it's like Inferno A site is literally is. the most possible site to take. It, it's impossible to take that site. It, it, both sites on Inferno are so difficult to retake. Like you, you can stop an Inferno A retake with one smoke. You smoke long and there's nothing they can do. Yeah, there, there's literally you nothing just, you can do. You just can't do. retake. Like, it's impossible. And then yeah, it's, it's the same with the B site. You smoke CT. What are you going to do? Five people through banana and, or four people through banana and uh, construction. You can't retake. It's, it's always been one of my biggest problems with Inferno is that it's just so difficult to retake. And that, to me, is though really I do have to say, on on its own, it's also really difficult to take for the same reasons yeah. that it's difficult to retake. So it's, it it balances out. Like It balances out, but I think it's a lot less interesting to watch as a viewer and pretty uninteresting to play for me. It's like, oh, yeah, my B player's died. I don't get to play this round. I, I, I'm I a pit player, so it's really... Yeah, I, I, just, I am as well. Like, it's just like, sit in pit, wait, wait, wait. Okay, half my team's down on A site. I guess I should probably rotate now. I, I, I've but, played everywhere hold, on Inferno, should, but yeah, it's just like... The other players on the, the players on the other side died. Well, I don't get to play this round. That's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. again, that that does exist on other maps as well, but it's less prominent because you can at least attempt retakes on on Mirage. You can attempt to retake on Overpass. You can attempt it. Inferno yeah. is just like just save. There's no point going for this ninety nine percent of the time. I don't know. Yeah. I I. I, I <laughs> I'll wait to see on Ancient because I actually have quite high hopes for this map. It's quite interesting and I like the fact that they are changing things up. I just I just would have preferred Minus Dust 2 because I think the map sucks. I think it's really awful. I, I think regardless of what it is, it's going to be permabans for a little while. And I think that itself, just the fact that it's not train, is going to be really interesting for everyone else because either teams will be forced to learn new maps that they didn't learn before because they'll be permabanning it they'll be forced to learn ancient or they'll be f- or they'll be forced to play maps that they just don't know how to play like fury had played dust uh played train right they're gonna either have to learn ancient or they're gonna have to learn some other map or they're gonna be forced to play a map that they don't know how to play and that yeah. in itself is just interesting to start with yeah like i think the one that, team that gets the, it's the, doing that the team that gets super helped by this is liquid because they just didn't play train anyway so you just yep. you just switch your permaband it's like Golden, you're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> and they can just permaban ancient for a while until everyone figures out how to play the map, and then just copy whoever's good at it. Yeah, I mean that—that's how Vertigo worked for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you know. 
how if you aren't forced to play the map because you've got mm. another permaban, you can just wait until the meta's figured out so you're not learning bad things or learning bad habits. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can just beat everyone on the other maps. All right, so there's there's a bus, bunch of other stuff that came with this update. So Wingman note is there was two new maps, which they're awesome if you're into Wingman. Uh, one's based after the Monaco Formula One track, like when uh, Formula One comes to Monaco. It was, as an F1 fan, it was really cool to walk around and like they have got an old Ferrari with obviously bullshit sponsors on it. And you <laughs> see bullshit sponsors everywhere of like the actual, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting map to go on. It's kind of fun. Um, I don't remember the other map a huge amount, but I believe it's like Columbia or something. It's weird. And matchmaking got two new maps, one of which looks exactly like Rust from Modern Warfare 2 from Call of Duty. Interesting. It's not you do Rust like one v one quick scope, no scope, throwing knives only. It doesn't play like Rust at all, but it has the same kind of thing. It's, I, I would love that nostalgia rush. Like if you just did Wingman on like Modern Warfare Two Rust, that would be so insane for like nostalgia. I mean, yeah. But no, that's a regular map. The rest one's a regular. It's a 5v5 kind of thing. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> um, Chicken's got visual update, which, sure. Um, I, <laughs> but there's an unplayable thing with the chickens, which is when you kill the chickens, it still has the same feathers that they used to have. Um, <laughs> which makes well, the well, game really There's an easy fix for that. Don't kill chickens. I mean, I don't kill them. I, just, I saw it on Reddit, man. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I bet. You you press the E on the chickens. You get Disgusting. a you get a gang of chickens following you when you're retaking the site on Inferno. I just let them live. I'm uh, you know I'm a bit laissez faire. <laughs> do as I do. Let them do as they do. Um, super dumb decision by Valve in my opinion, but like you may vary on this, which is their one dollar a month Broken Fang stats page thing. Um, if you don't know about this, basically. Uh, during Broken Fang, you were able to get a bunch of statistics um, after every game and some win chance and that kind of stuff just on your screen. Um, and after the game, you'd like see your headshot percentage, your ADR over the past 20 games or whatever, right? And they're bringing that back. It was free for people that bought Broken Fang, so I guess it was $15 over the operation. But um, they're bringing it back for a buck a month now. And if it's weird because sites like Leadify exist that are free. And we'll yep. do this for you. Yeah, exactly. To- that's the, that's the problem. Is that why would you pay for it? Where you can get it elsewhere. I mean, other games, this stuff is just free. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I understand that you know they want to charge for it because people want it, and like you have to work hard on implementing it, so you want to get some payment for it. So I do understand, but I don't understand why anyone would pay for it. But I'm sure people will. So all the more power it- to them, I guess. I thought about paying for it for a minute and I was like, you know what? I'm paying like three bucks a month for Leadify. It's just, it's not worth paying the $1 compared to the $3. I like, get so much more with Leadify. But I'm also I'm not in, playing like, enough the... at the moment to justify it. So, uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who just don't know about Leadify or just don't know that these other things exist. So, it is um, a very small amount of money, in fairness. Like $1. Oh, a month yeah. Is no, not a it, whole lot. I don't have an issue with the amount they're charging for it. I just have a kind of issue that they are charging for it. Though, apparently, I don't play Dota, but apparently it goes by the same thing that they have with their Dota Plus, which is the same kind of thing. You get, like, stats and stuff for a buck a month or something like that. that Quite possibly. I, I've never played Dota, I, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't play Dota. Um, we also got a new case, which has skins in it. That's the extent of which I'm willing to talk about the new case. Um <laughs> skins uh some people care about them i i don't really i'll be honest uh, yep that that's the extent it's, it's all right not my uh not my thing <laughs> hey guys slogan quick note from the editor's desk as you know we've been running a referral code for the last couple of months now um that helps us get followers and helps you guys get real life csgo stickers so just a reminder that down in the description below if you're on youtube or in the show notes if you're on spotify your apple podcast or wherever else you get your podcasts that you can click on that refer three friends and you'll get real life csgo stickers sent to your door all right back into talking about moses and adren all right let's get into the buy round now and we're going to talk about the rest of the stuff that happened this week that wasn't valve making an update so First, we have a little thing, and then we're going to talk about DreamHack. So, small thing that could turn out to be a larger thing, depending on how this plays out, is Team Liquid has 
removed Moses and added Adren back. So this is the iconic mouse sports plus minus plus minus plus minus on Chris J. This is like the fourth time Adren's been back because he was a player. Then he played while he was benched for the major. Then he was a coach and then he was coach again. I don't know how this is going to work. I... (laughs) I, I can't believe the coaches do anything because teams would just go back to an old one all the time. So it's like if they did anything, like you would move on from the coach who wasn't who you clearly thought wasn't good enough. They like they can't really do like, obviously they must do something, right? So why do teams just not shop around? Why do they just go for the one oh yeah, no, we know this guy, let's just get it. So it's either that they don't think they do anything or or they're just lazy. Like I I don't it seems so weird. Like Adrenza, from what we can gather from the outside, which admittedly isn't a whole lot, seems to be a pretty decent coach. He was a knowledgeable guy. He knows CS. He's he's been the uh, the coach of this team before, and I guess mm. they were pretty good when he was there. So I mean, his pedigree is pretty good. But like, in that case, why did you get rid of him in the first place? I don't. I. I so I'm not sure if you watched the announcement video, but it seemed to me like that when they when they re yeah, when when they got Moses right that a lot of it was based on the fact that like covid had happened and they were like okay we need to make some sort of change something is wrong and so they brought in Moses over again they were like okay maybe the coaching change helps and then they then nitro got removed okay maybe the nitro change helps and then twist left and okay maybe this just kind of being like changes you made. And then they went back and they, they did like a little analytical look at him like, okay, what of these changes actually worked? What can we, what can we fix now that we're in a kind of better place? Like COVID obviously still screwing up everything with North American stuff, but like they've played some international tournaments and they're like, okay, what was working before that we've changed that we should probably look back at. And I guess adding a Dren was that thing. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess, it's it, to me, it's like, everything that they were on about was like Adren has such a good mind for the game. He's so analytical and stuff. And it's like, well, isn't that what you brought Moses in for? Like, yeah. And so if he was that, if he's got that good a mind for the game and he's so analytical, he can't have been the problem in the first place. I, I Maybe they just realized that they did something wrong and they're just, you know, going, well, we screwed up our bad. I, but I don't know. Man. It seems strange I, to me. It's just kind of weird. All right. Let's talk about DreamHack. So uh, the, the, the Danish era is back, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so so obviously the um semi-finals and the final uh this and the quarterfinals as well are this weekend um yes so we only have so far have the teams that are out and the teams that are in the semi-finals is you know settled but i think the big story for me was the vp and spirit both bombed out pre-playoffs which was expected about four months ago but now is actually like you know oh this is worrying spirit yeah. especially i think versus pro seventh to eighth they did quite well they like but they, they didn't look dominant like they were before whereas spirit really struggled i think they dropped a map to fiend which they is did. not a good sign a good sign and then they got too owed to leave the tournament it's like it's a bit of a wimp and that was with dexter going like insane as well Dexter played yeah. incredibly well this one. He, he dropped like 40 against G2 in a map they lost. I, it's weird. I don't know. They they went to overtime in that first map against G2. Well, that only map against G2 is a best of one. But like, I don't know. It's... they. Unfortunately, they played against G2. They played against Fiend and won against Fiend, which is what they're supposed to do. But then they had to play against Virtus Pro. And it's just like only one can leave kind of thing. And Virtus Pro just played better, in which, in like our TLDR CIS team power rankings, I'd say that Virtus Pro is a better team than Spirit. So I guess that played out how it should have. It's just, I don't know. It's weird to see both of them in the lower bracket, and you have to force one out. It's kind of just unfortunate. I I kind of wanted to see if Spirit was in the other part of the lower bracket with Mass Sports and Phase and G two. If one if one of those was flipped, that we might see a Spirit Virtus Pro lower final, but because both of them got to the lower finals, you don't see both of them getting through the playoffs. I think it's just, it's just, it's just one of those unfortunate things that happens, but like this tournament was like absolutely stacked though. Like, yes, this was to the point where, you know, there were elimination games that were like mouse sports versus phase to go out in last place. Yeah. That's just insane. 
I mean, extra salt went out in last place or like, you know, joint last losing to Astralis and Vitality. Like that is pretty unfortunate. If there's, if there's a way to go out, that's the way to go out. Yeah. Like it's almost like, well, we didn't really have any chance Yeah, <laughs> in a sense. VP went out cause they lost to G2 again. Like, which, you talk about you know VP losing, uh, going out early, and it's like, well, you can't like that happens. You just, sometimes you do just lose to G two. Complexity went out losing to Furia. I mean, probably a little bit worrying for Complexity because that's the sort of team that you would think Complexity would do well against, at least from my personal view. Because I, I when I think of Complexity, I think of a team that is like stacked to the rafters with pure skill. Yeah, I like think when your in- worst player, like te- like te- like mechanically, is Rush, Rush. you are oh, an yeah. incredibly talented team oh, because yeah, Rush yeah. gets slept on. He is a mechanical beast, and then you've got JKS, who is clearly the best player on the hundred Thieves roster. You only have to look at them now without him to see, you know, how much he carried <laughs> that team. Blame F, who's just like you know, again, he dropped you know a thirty-four kill performance in the map they lost as well. Yeah, it's um, config. Everyone knows how good config can be. Yeah, and uh, and poison, who's just like one of the best orpers in the world, from my you know from my point of view. Like that team is stacked, and you come up against Furia, who obviously a very talented team, but a team that you would think play into what should be complexity strengths. They want to duel you, and complexity should be fine with that. Like if you take complexity, like you know, and scrap with them, you should lose like nine times out of 10. But complexity losing that game to me is that's worrying because that's a team they should be able to, to play well against. On the other hand though, if there's another team that just takes as many aim duels as complexity should, it's Furia. Yes, but I don't know. I, I don't think Furia man for man should be able to match complexity. I don't think they should either, but we don't think Art's aggression should work either. So, well, well yeah, not... no, quite. But if there's a like, everyone knows that Art is going to peak you. Like, you have to know at this point. It's <laughs> Art. He takes the it's open jewel like... in like forty percent of rounds he plays. It's ridiculous. Did you know how absurd that is? And it's so stupid. You have to be ready for his aggression. And when you have a a, a lineup with this level of talent, you should be able to just wait for Art to push you, kill him, and win the round. That should be what you're able to do. I get it, KSRATU, Yuri, they're really good. Junior, really good. But, like, this is a team with Blame F, Config, Poison, JKS. This is an obscenely talented roster. They should not be going out 9 to 12 after losing 2 0 to Furia. Like, yeah. that is a team complete. If they'd have lost to Vitality, if you'd lose to a a, a structured team, like an OG, even like yeah. fine, but a team like Furia should be the sort of team complexity just beat into submission. But they just, I don't know. It, I, I worry about complexity for that reason. <sighs> I don't know. They they are very hit or miss every single tournament. They're either the best team in the tournament or just definitely not the best team in the tournament. Like they'll, they'll yeah. never be the worst team, but it's just like they either go out like top four, top two, something like that, or they'll go out like. Second to last, some of that is weird. They're like um, OG were last year. Yeah. But more talented. All right, let's switch gears to the uh to the Danish portion of the bracket. Um to, to which was just all of group B, because the Strauss and Heroic were here, and neither lost a map until the finals where they faced each other. <laughs> yeah, Heroic absolutely clapped Astralis. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah. No, like, it, it didn't even look like they were in the same tournament. Not Heroic made Astralis look like an absolute dog team. They Heroic... smashed. Tessez was absolutely unstoppable. Heroic made Astralis look like Astralis would have made Heroic look about a year ago. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Heroic, on that, if they show that form in the playoffs, they are winning this tournament. There's not even. There's no, there's like no doubt in my mind. There's Nobody no, will yeah. stop heroic if they play like that. It's like Tessus and Shush looked absolutely unbelievable. Like I didn't, yeah. I've sort of seen Shush play once or twice, and he was on Mad Lions, right? And he was always like uh, fine. Yes. But mm. you watch like the one v three he wins on Nuke was like just dist- like it was unbelievable. Like, to do that to Astralis, I mean, that probably shows you like how much Astralis is struggling in a sense that. 
yeah. they allow like they're allowing somebody to one v three them in a way that they just wouldn't previously. But just like, oh my god, oh, he, he was unbelievable. He's... And then you look at the scoreboard, and he wasn't even top. Like Tessus went like thirty and fourteen or something on Inferno. Yeah, he's a Stralis in twenty two rounds. Was, I've got unbelievable. A, I've got ratings for the match right <laughs> up. The highest rated player on Astralis was 1.15, which was Majisk. And at below next highest was a 0.68 from Bubsky. Yep. The lowest on Heroic was Kadian with a 1.14. The highest was Tessus with 1.98. Which over I've two never maps. over two maps. I've never seen a rating that high over two. Oh, maps. I've seen ratings that high, but it's rare you see it in a series. You'll see maps here, like maps. I, I, over two maps. Yeah, yeah. Over but, two maps, that's really high. Like he was it's, unstoppable. And as much as like as, as much as we're like, yeah, Astralis is a form shell of themselves and they're they're just not as good as they used to. They're still Astralis, right? They, and they still, still going to play. decent teams, right? They beat yeah, complexity. Like they beat complexity. Okay, they, beat complexity. They, mm. they beat complexity, but they beat Extra Salt, who's mm, obviously not yeah. a... Mm. Ne- but neither of them are pushovers. No, no, of course. Neither of them are like... Neither of them are like Fiend or Pain or something. Like, neither of them are a team that you should absolutely win against 100% of the time. Like, if Astralis lost to Fiend like two out of 10 times, I'd be a little bit worried, right? Like with extra salts, it's like, sure. I'd say 70% of the time you win against extra salt. It's Astralis, but like there's an actual chance that extra salt win that. And the same with complexity, although it's a little bit closer than I'd say it's like 60, 40, right? But there Astralis is a still a team that is to be threatened, especially by really high level teams. And the fact that you do that poorly against them is ridiculous. Yeah. Now we will see. That was just we we will see more. We're gonna see more Astralis because regardless of what happened in the in the finals, um, lower bracket final winner plus both of the upper bracket finalists making into playoffs. So we'll see them play G two on Friday. Um, but even if they win that game, then they have to go play Gambit, which yeah. is which is tough. Which, it's really yeah, let's tough. Gambit. Let's go talk about lose very much. Let's go talk about the other side of the bracket. Gambit just, I mean, they they lost maps, but. They didn't lose maps difficult, like hard, if that makes sense. They yeah. they, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get blown out. No, they Gambit looked really good against VP. Uh not VP, uh Navi. Gambit looked like I was watching that match. Gambit looked super good in that. Um It's always nice when you see them play like you see a team play against an underdog and they win convincingly. Like that's that's always nice to see. Like if you see you're playing an underdog and you beat them convincingly, I'm like, all right, we're here to That's play. That's good. You like yeah. struggle to a sixteen fourteen opening win, and you're like, all right, that's worrying. You're gonna have to like two zero. But if you smack somebody who's like you smack a fiend, and then you win two one in your next two games, I'm like, you can wipe out teams who aren't as good as you, and then you can grind out the wins against teams who are as good as you. That's a good sign. If it's the other way around as well, that's fine. But when it's like, okay, you're grinding out wins against Fiend and you're grinding out wins against Na'Vi, what if like somebody else has a good day? You're going to struggle. But it's Gambit are just it's really tight between them and Heroic for the best team in the world for me. But there's a giant gap after those two. I, yeah. I don't see any world where the <clears throat> final isn't Gambit versus Heroic. The the thing is, is like I don't even know who I'd put as a third after Gambit and Heroic. No, I feel like there's, I, I no there's like there's like the S plus tier, right? Which is like which is Gambit and Heroic, and then there's this just like there's not even an S tier. It's just like A tier of just like a bunch of it's like seven or eight teams in there, and I couldn't tell you who's better than who on any given. Yeah, team. no, I, I legitimately have no idea who the third best team in the world is. I'd say Virtus Pro is probably towards the top of that second tier. But also not at all because they could sometimes be in the, worst tier in the world. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes like, they are. I mean, I have no idea. OG look good at the moment, but again, they're a team we didn't see them in this tournament. To yeah, we also didn't see them in this tournament, which means we didn't see them against these like upper level players after they've like we've seen them like once or twice with Flame Z and Nico and stuff, and it's like we we'll see them more in Flashpoint three, but it's just. We haven't seen enough of them for me to really say like, yes, they are a good team or no, they are a bad team. You've got the honeymoon period every time. I mean, like you as a North fan know that the honeymoon period definitely exists. Like yeah. that that's so the the third best team in the world might be Navi. I think they would if you told me money on the line who's the third best team in the world, I'd probably begrudgingly say Navi. 
But even that, I'm not. I like. That's, I'm not confident in it. I'm but so not confident because like it, Vitality isn't playing well. It's difficult to playing well. Complexity isn't playing well. Astralis is on the brink of absolute. Yeah, like, there's there's a lot of uh, like, there's a lot of behind the scenes rumors about Astralis. None of it sounds particularly good. So I'd be a little bit worried about this team if you're a big fan. But a luck. I. I I don't know who the third best team in the world is, but there's no doubt in my mind, Heroic and Gabby are far and away the two best teams in the world. And I, I, as I say, I don't see a world where the final isn't Heroic versus Gambit again. And and I think it'll be a good final. I don't think that there there is such a thing as a bad final. They play such different versions of Counter-Strike that yep. it's so interesting to see them clash. Plus, Heroic have Hunden back now, which regardless of what you think of him being reinstated as a coach after the bug he still is a really good coach, yeah. right? Like he was one of the better minds of Counter-Strike when he played and he's showed at, at least at the beginning that he was legitimately a very good coach and they've been doing everything without him up until this point, like the yeah. entire time, like winning, uh, what was it? I am not I am ESL pro league. Um, like when ESL pro league was without him and stuff. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see, him being brought back in and how they're going to do with him being brought back in. Yeah. I, I, I say, I, I'm not sure how much difference it'll actually make. I mean, they were already unbelievably good with and without him. So maybe it yeah. takes him off the next gear. I mean, if that, that performance against Stralis is anything to go by, then yeah, maybe they'll be the yeah. undisputed best team in the world soon. All right. Uh, let's move into overtime now, which is where we go through listener mail. We've got two questions today. Um, three, I think. There's three. Okay. So the first first I want to do is having seen the rise and regression of Danish Counter Strike in the past few years, how sustainable do you feel that the current level of CIS teams are? Will it be sustainable going forward? And which region do we see having the next like resurgence and rise in the future? So I think the current level of CIS teams is I guess it's not entirely sustainable. They won't have four teams in the top 10 for that much longer, I don't think. But in terms of talent, Russia is all, CIS region has always been really underrated. Like people, mm-hmm. I watched the CIS minor all the time because I thought it was always, like there was always some new player that you'd never heard of who was just like, just clicking on heads. I mean, it, it was Mir and Chopper a while ago and people just didn't believe that Mir and Chopper were actually any good for whatever reason. There was Norbert a few years ago, who now is on K23, so that hasn't gone entirely well. But I mean, Axile was it on, you know, he was on the team like that and he looked unbelievable. Like you have, you know, you have these players, and for whatever reason, the CIS region just constantly pumps out these unbelievably gifted players. I mean, Bit has come out of like almost nowhere. He was on Navi Jr. and had the highest headshot percentage in the world. I think. Over his career, he's averaging a better headshot percentage than anyone I've ever seen. He's, he's at like seventy percent headshots. It's absolutely incredible. Like that is a a level of mechanical talent that is incredibly rare. And if he can like piece those things together, he will be one of the best players in the world. Because you just like you can't fuck with that level of talent. You can't be on his screen. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that simple. Um, so I do think the CIS region has been criminally underrated for a long time. And I think maybe this period has allowed the CIS region to show that they're not to be trifled with. For whatever reason, now it's it's come up. Um, I don't think it's sustainable. There'll be four of the 10 best teams in the world, but I think they'll keep four teams in the top 30, five teams, six teams in the top 30. Like, I think four still teams talent. in the top 30 is easy. Yeah, there's still talent underneath... VP underneath. I mean, Spirit have Patsy on the bench, who's pretty talented. Like this, they still have just this conveyor belt of obscene talent. I mean, there's still uh, is it Munzi? Yeah, on the Navi like Junior he's still lineup. like 15 or something. He he's still got time to get good, like you know, to be a and, legitimate super talent. I mean, and Flamey's sitting on Navi's bench, like not not doing as well on Navi as he previously was, but move him to yeah, Spirit or something can, like that. And he if might he can refine his form then. I mean, he's then, yeah. another talented player. I wouldn't yeah. put it past him having like an Adren Mo type re rise to the top. You know, like Adren was just like discarded for a while, and then he just won a major on Gambit as the MVP. You're like, oh yeah, 
This guy's good. Oh, yeah, Sojourn guy. Yeah. Where did he come from? Um, right. And then the next nation, the, like the next region to have region. a resurgence. I mean, I like Brazil. I, I do think there is loads of talent in Brazil. I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed we didn't get to see more of Pain because I think they're like a genuinely decent team. Um, if you sort of extend it to South America, you, you have you know other talents as well. Try on uh, 9Z, very talented player. I, I quite like Max as well. Um, obviously, Malbs, who's a you know favorite of the podcast. But you got you got players like Safe, Big Uzira. These are really good players. Big Uzira. Uh, there was a Brazilian guy who like told me to look out for him like a year ago or something, and I sort of kept an eye on him. And like that guy is super good. He's really talented, Big Uzira. Really smart player, uh, good clutch player, like just reliable fragger. Uh, obviously, you got Safe, who came out of nowhere and is just like puts up Zaiwu numbers in tier two. He's really interesting. So I think South America is the most obvious bet for that, but then it's quite difficult to rule out the US because yeah, I oh, was well, that, North America, uh, like that. That's what I was kind of thinking about. Is like as much as we've like lost so many people to Valorant, like I say, we like North America is as much as we've lost so many people to Valorant. We also still have teams like the Triumph and Bad, Bad News Bears who are still I I'd say top forty teams. I wouldn't put them top thirty yet, but they're still really good teams and we've got extra salt who is definitely a top 30 top 20 team right like they've gone to europe and they've actually shown that they can compete and like there's there's always there's always a team there's always like the non-liquid non-eg teams that's just like yeah we're around and we might not be the best team in the world but you will definitely upset you when you least expect it and like that's kind of what you expect it's not you're never gonna i don't think you'll see an america like three america three or four american teams in the top 10 i don't think that's a thing that you'll reasonably see Yep. But will you see three or four American teams in the top 30? I think there's a decent chance of that. We can see three or four American teams up uh, to an event and you'll see some like, you'll see one or one or two of them go out in groups, but a good chunk of them make to playoffs. I think you'll see that. I think you'll see these like kind of, I think you'll see a lot of underdog stuff coming from America because as much as North American CS has like gotten absolutely hit down the last year, it's also to a weird point of like, Anyone who's left cares. Absolutely. Anyone who's who's left is like, I I'm I'm in this for the hall. I'm not, I'm like I'm in this. I'm not I'm not stopping. Like, yeah. I mean, I think uh, even like America has the talent. It's just I don't know if there's enough in-game leaders in the region to like properly um, train them. And losing talent to Valorant will hurt. I think otherwise they would be a surefire bet to be the next team, the next region. Because the players like Curry and Katie, who are like, who were the the ones who I would like back to make the breakthrough, have gone to Valorant. Like Curry, losing Curry to Valorant is, I think, maybe the biggest loss to NA Counter Strike. I I really think that. And I know Ethan, I know Nitro. Curry I, was the I next actually, breed, man. He was he is seriously good. I would have said Vanity. I think there's an argument for vanity and maybe floppy now, but I, I think floppy and zipper in their own weird tier. But I, I think dude, vanity Curry because... was Curry like well, absolutely smurfed on NA. That kid was so talented. I agree, but on the other hand, like you're you're talking about lack of IGLs, right? And yeah, vanity I mean, was yeah, an IGL, yeah, vanity and regardless, hurts. and like, and, and he was a really good player even without being an IGL, right? Like because he had steel with him for a while, so. Like I, I feel like he's a big loss as well, but like obviously all these players are doing well in Valorant and ed- enjoying Valorant. I saw oh yeah, no, like, like I, I don't blame them for moving at all. I oh, just think yeah. it, it, from a Counter Strike perspective, it's sad, but like you, you yeah. can't begrudge them. Like I don't think many people, if they were if they were being truthful, would turn down a pay rise and a, yeah. probably a quite substantial one, given they were like not contracted to anyone. Care like I don't think anyone in their right mind could say they would turn down the chance to go to Valorant, to carry on playing video games for a living, to earn money and be more secure in the role. Anyone who says they turn that down is is insane, in my eyes. Yeah. Um, all right, next question. What can Fnatic do to return to being a top 15 team? 
this is oh man fanatic are frustrating dude like uh, the, the the obvious one is i think nork is good enough to be up there i i think i'd just pick yep. up nork but i think other than that you probably have to move away from sweden i don't know <laughs> much about the the rest of the swedish scene so like underneath fanatic nip etc so I, maybe there's loads of talent that just isn't being unearthed, but it feels like every time somebody picks up an unknown Swedish player, it's kind of, it's kind of underwhelming. I mean, Rez was is pretty good, but like you know, he sort of came out of nowhere. And it's like, yeah, Rez is fine for a top fifteen team, but he's not like game changer. I I, I do like Nork, but I'd watched him before and I wasn't surprised he was good. Yeah, sort of I mean, that, like maybe you just maybe you just build you, know, you know, go for some Danish players who are out there or Norwegian players like maybe you make a Scandinavian super team which seems to be all the rage at the moment that seems to make more sense to me because uh, again unless they they really trust their scouting maybe Pepsil is so much better than I uh, than than I know because I, I don't know Pepsil at all maybe he's really good maybe Jaquinho is a lot better than I think possibly I uh, I don't know. The thing with Fnatic is that because it's Fnatic, it seems like you can't. It feels like you can't just get rid of JW Crims gold. Like it feels like you can't get rid of JW and Crims. But then you've already got rid of Flusher and Olaf Meister. So you know what's the big loss? I don't know. But the the other thing for me is is like I don't. I'm. I might be totally wrong here, but like just based on watching for a little while, it feels like JW and Crims haven't been the problems. If that makes sense, like I feel it like it might be if JW too... starts rifling again, which seems to be the case. I don't get that. No, he's I a don't... good rifler, but like, but he's, you're not he's picking up operator. JW to rifle, are you? But but my point is, is like I don't think that they've ever been the problem. They've never been like the lowest rated player or something like that. They've played the roles. They played the roles well. I feel like it's the cast that you put around them. Like JW's like tw- JW's twenty six, and I think Crims is in the rough same era, area, right? He's They're not still that old, no. No, it, it's it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, no, he Crims is twenty seven. Yeah, it's not like they're farthest age or something like that. They're like thirty one. You're like, yeah, no, we should replace him and get some new blood in. No, they're in they're in a good place in their careers right now that they are fragging and stuff, and they obviously are. And JW to me is synonymous with fanatic, right? You've you've got knife fanatic with just everyone knives on this team. Like it's like you have JW to me is synonymous with fanatic and it'd be really weird to see him go especially because he's not the worst player on the team and like normally we can say that like at at some point you kind of have to feel like all right we've changed the pieces around you now maybe it's worth shuffling something else and just bringing in a new generation i mean if you asked me straight up it's 20 in 2021 who would you rather have orping nork or jw I love JW, but I can't in good it's, faith it's say not. I wouldn't say I, I would say I would say Nork. I have to like I'd say to Nork be the too, choice. but I I can't tell you that if you said who would you rather have opping JW or Nock, and I said Nock, I couldn't say for a fact that I would replace JW on the team. But I don't think you want JW rifling. That just seems. But do you want Jaquino rifling instead? Thing. Well, no, but I wouldn't have picked Jaquino up either. I so wouldn't I, have picked Jaquino mean... up either, but like. But my my point is like who's who's gonna be your fifth player? Who's gonna be this other Swedish player? Like, you know, go grab twists from Lemon Dogs or whatever. Yeah, let's not let's not do that again. Like, they, I, I never through... really got twist. He's a strange player, like really streaky Orper, who couldn't. But like, my point is they thought gone he could through... rifle, but couldn't really. And I don't know. They've gone through like every single possible Swedish player that's like decent, right? Like. And it's like, where where did that lead you? It just led you absolutely nowhere. It's like the Thanos meet, and it's like, where did it lead you? Right back to me. It's just like, yeah, that's why I think they've got to go. They've got to like gamble and go international a little bit. Like, even if it's only to other Scandinavian countries, like maybe you just pick up some Finnish players. I don't know. Like, I I think teams have got to look a little bit wider. Like like one nation teams are always going to be a little bit limited in the, the the player they can pick up. Like. That has to be the case. Like maybe you sacrifice a certain level of skill for better communication. Fine, maybe that's the choice you make. But you also then have to consider changing that when things aren't going your way, which they aren't on Fnatic at the moment. I mean, I as far as I remember, like 
as far as I know, actually, all of those the, the Swedish players speak fantastic English, and I don't see what there's a reason to not bring an international player. I mean, we're going to see it on ninjas and pajamas in a minute. Right, like devices being pulled in. Yeah. Obviously, he speaks Swedish, but like, it's still it it's still a person that's not inherently from Sweden that's getting put on the team, right? Like, it's it is an outsider. So, yep, and I think that's the way to go. The, the final question we got was uh, from Zyrus. He asked why we haven't tried Oreos and salsa yet. It's actually really good. Thoughts? I. <laughs> It can't be good. There's like just no chance that it can be good. It's one of those things where it's two good things and you put them together and it like, like maybe the things are good enough that they carry it, but why would you have them together? What the question I have is what possessed you to, to test this? Not you, but like what possessed Cyrus to test putting Oreos and salsa together? I mean, it's probably the same sort of logic that got us like blue cheese, right? It's like, oh, cheese has gone mouldy. Let's eat it anyway and see if it's any good. Like, Hang on, isn't that yeah, bad? Yeah, but like, why, why were why were your Oreos and your salsa anywhere near each other? Like, I don't know. Maybe they were. You know, you you, you got the boys around. You're having some crisps. Uh, I guess chips for you, crisps and oh, salsa. Yeah. And then like you know, you accidentally pick up an Oreo, dunk it in. And you're like, ah, oh, shit! I've ruined this Oreo. Might as well eat it anyway. And actually, this is pretty solid. Some of the best things, some of the best combinations don't make sense. You tell, try telling people like maple syrup and bacon is good. They're going to think you're an idiot. Fantastic. Parma, parma ham and um, melon. That's a thing, right? I think so. Pineapple and pork. Like these things don't make sense, but together they kind of work. Pineapple and pork is fantastic. I made some sweet and sour like... pork the other day. It's pretty nice. All right. Well. On that note, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter um, at AZESC, at Logan Ramhap, and at RainTVR. We'll be back again next week at our normal time. Hopefully, maybe, we'll be talking about the rest of DreamHack and what we're going to look forward to in Flashpoint 3. Peace. See you all.